This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. And with me today uh, is not quite Hans. He's running late at the moment. Uh, this is very unbecoming of Hans. I'm kind of sickened by, by this behavior. But we have J. David Osborne. We have Kelby from the Agitator podcast back for another episode of Movies. Hans will be joining us. But uh, how are you fellas doing this evening? I'm doing just lovely. Absolutely great. <laughs> this is my sunglasses wearing voice. It's nice. It's very David Caruso, CSI Miami. You should have pulled them off as you finished the sentence. Yeah, yeah. This is movies. <laughs> Podcast about <laughs> I should have you come in and do the introduction each episode. Yeah, you should. I uh, I had a, a random gig uh, putting together a jingle for a wedding uh, that I won't be part of. For uh, I just I just had to put my voice in it. <laughs> nice. So what so did you have to do for that? Uh, it's for a podcast host who I I made the jingle or the intro for his podcast, Ghoulish. And his his wife is walking down the aisle to the theme song, which is kind of random. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, uh, he was like, can you do a wedding remix of it? So I was like, okay, <laughs> I can't. That's really funny because when I got married, I walked down the aisle to the um, Joe Rogan theme show podcast. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. And then I walked down, and my mom was, you know, holding me and crying. It was great. That's a good, as far as podcast introductions go, that's that's one to get you hyped. Not many people try to get you hyped with their podcast intro. You got, your your introduction, I feel like it's very, catches you off guard immediately. Yeah, we try to yeah. give you a heart attack as soon as you start listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. make so many bad decisions with our podcast. Yeah, it's like, what can we still have a million listeners? <laughs> yeah, still with a million listeners. No, yeah, that's, uh, I was, li- I watched tetsuo just to find the right theme song music and i was like yeah that's it mm-hmm. that's the one so we just kind of snatched it but really any any bit from that soundtrack depending on what kind of mood you were going for it's it's good for stealing uh is that from the sequence in tetsuo where he's like having a meltdown mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i gotta revisit tetsuo i've seen like how many versions of tetsuo exist i feel like Maybe we talked about this on your show or something, but there were a couple of different versions that they they cut of that movie, right? Three? I'll say there are three versions of Tetzel. Because um, there's a there's a longer one and there's a shorter one. There's like a 45-minute one and then there's like an hour and 10. The one that mm-hmm. I watched was 60 minutes, so which really is the perfect... Actually, the perfect length for a movie is two hours and thirteen minutes. But I agree. Second, I couldn't. Ag- I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, someone messaged me saying, "You know, I think that's actually notoriously like the runtime of a number of Bond films." Really? Yeah, I guess so. So that's. You know what's funny? I used to be. Uh, I used to be crazy about reading the back material on a. I guess this was normal actually back in the day, like reading everything that was on a DVD package or whatever. And 133 minutes is actually like a, a length that I don't know. That number was always in my head. Like, is this going to be? A lot of them were 78 too. Like Ace Ventura was 78. 78 mm-hmm. Austin Powers yeah. was 78. All those 87. Like awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, hey, look who decided to show up. I hope that nap was worth it, Hans. I hope having dinner with your mom was worth it. Now, so my, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Sound okay. Okay. So my MacBook that I've had for like 13 years, we just went through another charger. So it's like my 10th charger that I bought in these 13 years. So now I'm using this all-in-one computer that my girlfriend has. But the thing with this computer is that uh, when she purchased it, she uh, was impressed by the screen without realizing that the processor of this computer is from like 2014. So I had to restart it to get my Bluetooth headphones uh, working. And I was sitting here for like 10 minutes waiting for the thing to restart. So uh, uh, <laughs> sorry for being late. boys. <laughs> well, I like that you brought some cool new headphones for the first time in the history of the show. You're wearing headphones on this podcast. What compelled you to do that? I, I just, my other ones are dead. Um, oh, so it's a fresh start. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, we haven't, we haven't. Professionals on the show. He had right. to go back to new equipment. <laughs> He's got the cans on. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make my head look less big, I guess. Your head's been shrinking, Hans. Your head does look less big. If you go to a random episode of movies from like 2021, Hans's yeah. head is very grapefruit-esque. And now very it's round. narrow. Like you're, yeah. you can see the, you know, it curves in where your temples are. I like the idea are. of his head getting narrower. <laughs> it's like the liquify tool. Yeah. It's changing, changing the lens so that I look more slim. Yeah, and the, and the, because we started doing this uh, video once in what, the middle of the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. I was fat as fuck in the middle of the pandemic. So, and I, I believe for a couple of them, I was using my phone too. So my face is just a, a round circle through the whole. And, and we were using yeah. Skype at the time. And Skype is so, like the interface for recording through Skype, because you have to use like a third party plugin, is way less uh, friendly to like people looking decent than Zoom is because it would literally just crop in and you would just be three faces, three big faces <laughs> doing the show. And any any episode from like early 2021 looks exactly like that. Yeah, so if you go to the archives, uh, me and, and Lores go through a bunch of uh, weight gains and then we lose weight and then we're round again and then mm. we have a mustache and, and but it's a lot of just roundness and there's a little bit less round and then round again and just it's uh, like watching yeah. oprah yeah yeah it's just uh <laughs> like if we, we got pregnant for for a while and then we had the baby so we lost the baby weight and, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's really remarkable, but what, what is more remarkable is that you're always wearing the same floral shirt I bought for Mass State Lottery in Still almost there. all the episodes. Yeah, of course it is. That's you should have wore it on this one. It's very, you know, we were just talking about Ace Ventura. It's very Ace Ventura-esque. It's also like five sizes too big now. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was big for you then, yeah. but now I can't imagine. Um, you know, we are talking about Nabiko Obiashi tonight. And uh, we've talked about, I feel like we've done three episodes on House before. Is that right, Hans? We did one with Don Jolly, yeah. who's uh, maybe dead. I don't know. Dead. Jake Hanrahan texted me and said, hey, is he dead? I was like, I don't know. Nobody, nobody's seen or heard from Don Jolly in three years. I hope not. Um, Jesus. Yeah. And, and, Died after uh, coming on your show. That happened to one of our guests, too. Oh, Crazy. really? No, yeah. actually, he just disappeared and was found later on Reddit making fun of disabled children. Oh, 
Well, hopefully Don Jolly's doing that right now. <laughs> it's actually not a joke. That's really that's really what happened to him. He just he said he was too depressed to go on, and then somebody was like, "Hey, he's not depressed. He's making fun of kids with <laughs> elephantitis." Well, what's the best way to get rid of depression, right? Just that's what I said. Children people, with gigantic. Yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to say pick that someone people, less than you. Yeah, people were trying to, to say it. like he doesn't really have depression. Why is he picking on this kid who was born with tumors all over his body? I'm like, that's what you. That's what you do That's when you're right. Would you do that when you're normal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I feel like we might have, when, when else do we talk about house hounds? Because we've talked about it. I feel like it's definitely been the subject of two shows at this point. You're my memory. I don't even remember what the last episode was. I'm not, I don't know. Well, we, sure we've we... been recording these pretty intermittently lately, yeah. but we're not just talking about house. We're also talking about a film that nobody's really talking about. That no, you, I don't think, you know, if you put this title into the podcast app, it'll probably just be this episode that comes out, which is great. Um, the Drifting Classroom from 1987, which is kind of a weird, almost spiritual successor to House in some ways. Um, and I'm probably more interested in talking about that one tonight because House, I feel like, has been talked to death over the years. Uh, but we will get into House. House is, of course, a classic film. Uh, the Drifting Classroom, I only discovered kind of recently because i i'm a such a fan of nabiko obayashi and uh, i bought from a bootleg vendor this five film blu-ray set it has like very like poor Ooh. printer paper cover art here but on it um you have the drifting classroom from 87 you have the little girl who conquered time from 83 i are you you am me which they probably could have translated that a little bit better in English, <laughs> uh, from 1982. The which, aimed, uh, yeah. which third world country did that ship from? Uh, this is all American. Oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, it, to, listen, it, it could Sri be. Sri Lankan DVD? Uh, if someone wants to look into sloppy second sales or cinema dream at yahoo.com. I don't think yeah. anyone should look into sloppy <laughs> second sales. Sloppy That's probably not going to get them. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, his his primary business is like selling old what do they call them pink movies yeah it's, yeah. Got, it's got filipino written all over it mm. it feel it has that vibe for certain uh and the last one is the visitor in the eye which was released the same year as house yeah so, it has a it has a very filipino sidewalk with a guy with a blanket and a bunch of dvds on it mm -hmm. that's we get that here a lot too i don't even know why i'm talking shit uh, that's like if you go downtown San Jose, like uh, it's funny because uh, they're not allowed, like they're not supposed to do that. So throughout the day, you just see them uh, running away with a blanket full of DVDs and then coming back like 10 minutes later because the co cops show up. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming the Philippines is kind of similar to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Drifting Classroom is based on a manga. I'm not familiar with it at all. I think they might have remade it since. And um, actually, a couple of these movies have been remade. As a matter of fact, Obiashi remade I Are You, You Am Me, uh, I believe like 25 years later, 30 years later. And they mm -hmm. remade The Little Girl Who Conquered Time into an anime maybe about five or six years ago. So, uh, you know, these are these are pretty, I guess, notable or, or popular enough properties in Japan. But it's very difficult to find any of his movies in English, especially in America. There is a, uh, a European distributor called Third Window Films. Or oh, Pictures. yeah, we know Third Window yeah, people. Know, okay. Shout out, shout people. out Benji. They uh, they put out a bunch of his movies for the UK, but they are region locked. So you mm. can't play them unless you have a region free Blu-ray player. Um, 
And a, a lot of his movies, aside from House, are not particularly well known. Uh, there's one, I think, called Seda, which Criterion might also have the rights to that one. They may be putting that out sometime soon. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of his more recent films have gotten U.S. theatrical releases, but on the whole, he's not really somebody who is um, that popular over here. Have you guys talked about Obiashi at all on Agitator? Yeah, we had a house episode, uh, of course, <laughs> on, uh, back episode 60, I think, Reese Langston. Yeah, house is everywhere. I used to work at a video store, and so I'd see that like constantly that was one of the one of the titles always stocked in the the little international section uh but no i i'd never besides drifting classroom now i had never even seen any other obi even that knowing you know that he's kind of that he's a big deal but it's just crazy that like in america that shit never even house being a huge deal over here, it never went past that. Mm -hmm. The Criterion did that, I'm sure, right? Yeah, that the movie had, yeah. That's and, and that came out of nowhere. Like I don't know if that really had much of a reputation before Criterion put it out in 2010 or 2009. And that the illustration that they use for the cover art is so visually distinct. You see it everywhere. Oh, they yeah. sold it on T-shirts. Um, you know, now it's just kind of like a horror staple, and certainly like a Japanese film staple. But before then, uh, I'm I'm not so certain. But yeah, um, they were yeah. selling that shirt too, right? I remember seeing it on their website, where you just have that orange shirt with a cat on it, mm -hmm. and then I think Bill. I was Hader trying to sell that wearing... shirt. Yeah, I think I got a season to You have that you got a season to Yeah, I had yeah. it. There's like there's a picture of me on Tumblr when I was like 130 pounds wearing wearing one of those shirts. Yeah, no facial hair, just very fresh nah. faced. No, nah, I yeah. couldn't grow facial hair at that point. When did you start growing facial hair? Uh, like a mustache, 20, 27 or so. It took, <laughs> it took me a long ass time. When I was a teenager, it was just literally just straight. I looked like one of those fucking like 1800s portraits of a guy who could just grow mutton chops. Right. <laughs> right. So it would just like grow out that way. Did um, you used to drink a lot of Mountain Dew? Yeah. I think that's what it is. I, I think, think yeah, I think, I think you're onto something. <laughs> Man, that I was really big right. into. I re, I'll tell you what, which one I liked. I liked the blue raspberry one, which had yeah. such a short shelf life. Yes. You guys remember Again. Sobe? You guys remember that? Oh, Sobe, yeah. Yeah, Sobe. hell yeah, that was my shit. The white yeah. Jeezy one, that was my favorite. I don't even remember Dudes what who, flavor that was. But like was guys thick. who used to go out to like Moab would always have the Sobe lizard tattoo. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a thing. It was like the oh. Sobe and then like the New Mexico, the guy playing the flute with the dreadlock. You know what I'm talking about? That that one symbol that's everywhere. It's like of a little. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a little man. Yeah. He's got like a flute and he's rocking out on it and his hair's all crazy. Yeah, there's it's an, ones it's also. It's an official New Mexico thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coco Pelli. Yeah, that's it. I, I, that's I lived it. in I lived in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico for like a couple of years and that's like their, what, like mascot i guess yeah like i almost got abducted by aliens in santa fe so i like that city but it always makes me a little nervous yeah uh i lived in a trailer with my uncle and his family for for about a what a year and a half two years and uh, that's awesome yeah and after i left they ended up moving back to mexico because their trailer like people try to break in like five times <laughs> the trailers yeah. are just like let's just fucking go back why would you rob a trailer 
You go for a trailer? <laughs> like, why would you rob from a trailer? Exactly. Uh, they keep the cash. One, the one American thing that uh, I remember that, yeah. I, that I think they implemented into their diet, or at least my uncle's diet, who was a fat fuck, uh, he would buy a cheddar cheese tin from Costco and then just put cheddar cheese on everything. I was very fat when I lived there. <laughs> I, was, I was very fat. It's like breakfast is two eggs and half a pound of cheddar cheese from a oh Costco tin. From, a tin from a metal tin uh speaking of mascots have you guys seen mamin penguin Min right Min? no, no? hans up. is that the, is that the right yeah. name yeah can we pull right, him right. up real quick can we just take a look at him this was a, a mexican comic book and uh was it he's 1940s? like the mickey mouse of mexico is what, yeah. what you said i think yeah it's what uh how mexican people would represent um black people in those uh days so uh those days there's one from like last year huh shut up there's <laughs> this was a comic book now it's a 3d animation <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's my oh, that's name. cute yeah i can't wait for this pixar movie to come out <laughs> i'm gonna audition for the for the lead role yeah that's like that's 1940s jordan's right there yeah she's uh he was cool that's a. That was a Chinese classroom. <laughs> Class, classmate, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's my min. I, what I is he brought, supposed to be, Hans? I brought my min into the low-risk universe a couple <laughs> yes, of years did. ago. And, and uh, it's impossible to forget him. I don't know. He was just poor. He was just a poor He's just poor? Mexico. That's it. Yeah, that's that's his whole thing. Wow. At least what I can remember. <laughs> so uh, it's just uh, covert racism. Uh, because, yeah, when I was living in Mexico, we... I'm from the north, and there was no black people at all. It was just dark Mexicans. Uh, so I guess, you know, we didn't have black slavery in Mexico. So this is not offensive, right? It's just a mm -hmm. depiction of a of a black. It's child. harmless fun. Yeah. Now you know what this reminds me of. Obiashi, <laughs> Obiashi actually did an anime film called Kenya Boy, which is about as racist as that. Yeah. Can we pull up something from Kenya Boy? Yeah, yeah. This is worth taking a look at. There's Nazis in the movie. There's and I don't think they're the bad guys either. <laughs> so it's Japan, you know. So yeah, I was gonna um, say, make historically tracks. Right. But isn't he yeah, he was not even like black Kenya boy. He was like No, Kim Kenya Boy's white boy, of course. It's like Kimba, the the white, like Lion Man. King yeah. uh thing. Yeah, that's, oh, well, that's I've seen this. Movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I yeah, I've definitely seen this before. Oh, this wow. movie's insane. This might actually be his craziest movie, Kenya Boy. Uh, it was on YouTube for a period of time, uh, and I don't know if it's still on there. I, I might have a copy of it saved or something. There's there's some YouTube channels that have just dedicated their their YouTube careers to uploading and preserving his films, but some of them don't have subtitles. This one was wacky. This one was uh, pretty wild. Do you have any DVD that has Kenya Boy and the Mean Penguin in it? God, that's the team up we need right now. That's the extended universe that I want to see for sure. Opie's got a got a thing for for that too with the uh, old boy who who pulls out his his coin, uh, his little. Oh yes, purse. yes! I made a note of that. I was like, wait a second, is that like a little? Look it's like a, a little, little sambo coin shaker yeah. thing yeah. yeah it's just yeah. shaking it's like here's 50 cents mm -hmm. um can, can we talk about how japanese directors pick either 
the worst American actors uh, when it comes to delivering lines or the worst HDR uh, recording for line delivery because uh, this and uh, one that we mention every time, well, that I mention every time I talk about Squid Game is those American actors that are there who have the worst line delivery that kind of take you out of the movie. And then watching this right from the beginning, every time someone speaks English, you're kind of like, can I have yeah. take two of that line because that's like how the hard. how the hunky how the hunky jock guy is like a 37 year old gay man yeah like, <laughs> yes this yeah. is supposed to be my big game <laughs> <laughs> well you mean the blonde american boy in 1982 Mark. or whatever who's obsessed yeah. with soccer somehow yeah, he's, just, he's just, just always carrying his ball around yeah in case yeah. any he, he does a, a bicycle kick when he's when he gets into a fight, he uses yeah. his soccer skills for karate. Yeah, yeah. The, the girl he's trying to get a kiss from also is like seven years old. Yeah. You know, there's some <laughs> weird like, age he's gap like, stuff here. He's also like, well, I'm an adult now, so I can't. But I used to like you, and it's like, how how old was this child when you used to like her? <laughs> like, this is a theme in all of Obi's movies too. It's just like some really weird stuff with like at the very beginning of this movie, when our hero Shao or show is taking a shower, he, he gets out butt ass naked and starts grabbing his mom's titties. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really bizarre. <laughs> he's like kissing on her neck and like trying to like get in there and he's nude and she's just like, eh, I'm making breakfast. I'm packing lunch today. Yeah, she's just like, oh, another Tuesday. Oh, fucking get You could like screenshot grabbed. that. You could screenshot that and put like the Bang Bros logo in the bottom right. <laughs> it is actually, you're right about that, that there, it is an overlapping trend with so many of his movies. These are like weird incest elements and uh pedophilic ish stuff a lot of stuff like that even like the um the relationship which is kind of confusing between the two teachers is uh you have this 70 year old american actor and then like a 20 year old teacher i guess mm-hmm. and um i guess his you know she like he was her mentor at one point is what they're getting at and mm-hmm. uh it's very yeah, confusing and then there's a choreographed here comes the bride sequence with yeah. all the children and he's upset it's great yeah, that was idea. amazing. Yeah. That little, yeah. Well, <laughs> that speaking of, uh, of pedophilia, I was very confused at the sand shower scene that I I think it was a child was having. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, did I just watch child porn in this movie? Is that just because she's just right. showering right. with sand and then you see her titties and you're like, she's like 12, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, a this I, big question that you there's this weird question like whenever stuff like this pops up in a movie, I I wonder to myself, genuinely, is this a weird innocent thing where he just where he doesn't want to have sex with kids, but he just kind of shows them being natural? Right. Or is it like a I feel like the answer is usually much darker than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I I have trouble because House had the same thing, you yeah. know. House had yeah. lots of nudity with the high school girls and stuff, but it's it's so kind of sucked uh, of any like eroticness yeah. to it. It's not I sexy don't... at all. It's not like right. trying to be erotic or anything. It's just, mm-hmm. but I, I guess it felt jarring here because, well, number one. I don't even know who that character was. I don't even know if we've seen her before or if she'd even, she's even said anything. And then it was a scene that came out of nowhere. She's taking a shower and it's a sand shower. And then 
the sand shower scene ends and it's not mentioned like no one no one even knew mm -hmm. that it happens it's like what was the point of having those 30 seconds when i'm uncomfortable uh <laughs> but is there a point for this like what the fuck <laughs> what am i watching yeah i mean i i think a lot of this might be uh reprogramming from the past 10 or 15 years of acceptable media because you would have movies back in the 80s or, or 70s and 90s like blue lagoon and things like that where it was just not a big deal i mean you had porkies right i know that's a little bit different i think those were just perverts you know but it wasn't this big uh-oh you know let's question what the intent of the artist or whoever was working on set that day might have been now I, I i think i agree for the most part that like usually it is like a darker element in play usually it's like a dan schneider situation yeah. you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. um but i it, i don't know it's very um with obiashi it's confusing for certain because a lot of his films are so focused on children and adolescence yeah. and that whole experience and japan's just a very different culture in general as far as dealing with that sort of thing you know yeah, it's not it's not pedophilia it's just japanese you know you can just say that yeah yeah there we recently reviewed a movie uh a sukamoto film uh nightmare detective 2 which is really great it's a really good like nightmare detective 1 is total garbage uh and in, it, he really fell off with that he came back with nightmare detective 2 but there's a scene in that where there's a uh semi dream sequence where the main kid in the movie uh this this boy just gets butt ass naked and starts running around and again to western audiences you're like what the fuck yeah why is he like what like what is, what's what why, why does he have to be child's penis yeah <laughs> 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 what is the point of his child's penis on the screen the latest uh the most modern version of this and it 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 brought up similar well it was a baby baby so it didn't uh it's like i don't i don't think things got that dark but uh high life and uh that i forget the director but uh robert pattinson mm -hmm. and uh andre Side 2000 space movie. Yeah. yeah that yeah and uh there was like a there was baby vagina in there and it was like the camera angle was like right there you're like i don't don't do that <laughs> don't don't do that don't make me feel like what the fuck yeah why am i have to be uncomfortable watching this don't show me that shit yeah 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 that was uh claire denis i believe did high life i don't know there were two movies that came out around the same exact time and one had robert pattinson the other had brad pitt and I just frequently mix them into one. Oh yeah, that like head. that Ad Astra or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. They could have taken a cue from Drifting Classroom with just how zany this movie is. High Life. What a boring mm -hmm. film. What a boring space film by comparison. Where is the little squid creature that pisses everywhere in High Life? That's mm -hmm. what I'm wondering. Dude, the yeah. special effects on the squid thing were so good too for 1987. Yeah. I thought mm -hmm. that was a really good puppet work dancing when he starts dancing mm -hmm. at that what is that song uh the saints <clears throat> come marching in is it mm -hmm. something like that mm -hmm. uh but what was why why were the children so happy about the squid pissing on them i didn't understand that i think because <laughs> i think because it's water right it's because they could drink it w was it water because it seemed a little 
it was a liquid. <laughs> it, was, it was a liquid, and it, it was, was nutritious. Yeah, the children were like, "Oh yes, thank you. Yeah, this is great," and all happy. I took I it like, that it was water that they could drink it because they they're in all are surrounded by all the sand, so they didn't have anything to drink, and that little the squid piss kept them kept them alive, yeah, so to speak. Until the like, Loris uh, told me on DMs, the the fat boy, as soon as he saw that squid, was like. We gotta fucking kill him because we're starving. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna kill him. <laughs> uh, there's this whole dilemma, this moral argument of like this. You gotta be realistic. All creatures kill. You know, they're having that debate, and then you have the little Asian boy trying to beat up the you know the tall white kid who's like the most mm -hmm. popular kid in the school. Everyone wants to be him, even though, uh, like you clearly said, he's a, clearly a gay man. He's got the lispiest voice. <laughs> out of, out of well, you mean the fighting where he just tries to choke someone bigger than him for the whole fight and he wins and, somehow until it yeah. until it just works, dude. Yeah. This is a common thing in in Japanese in manga that I've noticed recently and in anime, which is that the Japanese are really good at setting up these impossible odds for their protagonist. Dragon Ball Z is a good example of this. Really, any manga that you read, Berserk, whatever the protagonist is going to be put against this uh, foe and for, you know, issue after issue after issue, you're going to be shown how fucking strong this thing is. You know, he can eat the sun. He can punch holes through mountains. How is the protagonist going to beat him? And it always just turns out by trying really hard, by just really <laughs> punching him hard, you know? <laughs> so they're not as good as at, at finding clever ways uh broadly speaking as uh just, maybe americans are yeah because the, the what is it show or shoe uh he gets his face slammed against a metal thing and then his neck gets cut and his face is all fucked up but he his his strategy never changes his strategy is always just i'm gonna try to choke this person that's bigger than me until it works right and right it works. right and, and i and i think it's i think it's two different sets of values i think that in in our movies, we might value thinking and strategy a bit more. And maybe over there, they just value pure will, just the, the ability to just keep going. David Goggins style, even when your shins are broken and you shit yourself, you finish that last mile. David Goggins is going to die, by the way. He's the last time he, he was on. You guys know David Goggins, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last He's time one he was of on Joe Rogan's Rogan. regulars. Yeah, he was talking about how his body is shutting down, <laughs> which is really funny. But, Turns uh, out running is bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not good to run that far all the time. You know what I what I think I really like about this movie is that it ends on. Uh, I guess it ends on like a hopeful note, but they don't get out of the situation. They just stay trapped in the sand forever. And actually, the last line I recall is like a little girl being like, "Yeah, I want to have your babies." Yeah, to, to some other kid who's like also like eight years old. Yeah, she's still seven. Like they don't because I think uh, uh, there's something about how the mom is imagining being grown up, grown grown ups or something. So then they show up with those white clothes or white shirts that have something written on them. I I couldn't read what it was, but then the girl is like, "Yeah, I want to have your babies," and it's like you you're, you're still like seven, and he this boy is still like twelve. I don't think I don't know how. Yeah. Maybe they should have done the boyhood thing, right? Where they film for what ten years, and then, well, now she's old to her. 
Oh, that'd have been that'd have been crazy. This movie, but given the boyhood treatment, just keep coming back to these crazy practical effects. Well, I'll tell you what. If you if you are curious what they're up to, I believe there's like an Amazon or an IMDb review from one of the actors in this movie who is a child, and they gave it five stars, of course. Uh, But then they were talking about like, (laughs) oh, it was such an honor to work with the master actor blank the older guy the older american actor who's in this film <laughs> and i looked him the guy, up the and... guy who looks like the dude from twin peaks the dad from yeah. twin peaks yes yeah, yeah. max hat room master max hat room uh i looked into him and like he was on Bonanza or something, but not like a lead on Bonanza. He just you know did background or something. But he has like this older Hollywood background, I guess. And people were very impressed by that when they were shooting Drifting Classroom. Is that like that Hasselhoff thing where he's like huge in Germany as a singer? And then he goes to Germany and he's treated like royal, royalty. And then the States is just like, this is the guy that had a joke he's just the guy who puked on the floor while eating a burger my my wife sometimes tells me because she watches a lot of k-dramas she tells me if i learned how to speak korean i could go over there and have work in every korean crime film as like a junkie american who's like who's like the rat in like one scene who gets beat up by the main guy i could just have a career being that guy for the rest of my life and i think it's true do you even need that much I know you might be overqualified yeah. in that case. <laughs> uh, I was watching some movie when I went to Korea uh, on the flight where they gave you like half American movies and half Korean movies. And the Korean movie starred that fat Korean actor who's like pretty popular over there. His name's escaping me. Yeah, I, 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 the, the I, muscly guy mm-hmm. from Train to Busan. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's oh, him. Right. And I can't remember what the details of the movie were. I think he was either an arm wrestling competition or a hot dog eating competition. And just like uh, this movie and every other movie, the actors in that film that were white Americans, because they had a scene that took place in Los Angeles, in a bar in Los Angeles, where he gets like kicked out of the country and has to go home or something, uh, were all very flamboyant, bad actors. And I'm starting to believe it's a combination of these Asian directors directing the Western actors saying, you have to be animated, you have to enunciate, and it comes across in this video game NPC character style that we're familiar with through like Squid Game and everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, this, this is the guy. guy. Damn, that's a bad hair piece. <laughs> this- there's, a whole, there's a whole movie that I watched recently that was kind of like that. It's called In Hell, and it was directed by Ringo Lam. So, a, you know, distinguished Hong Kong director, and it's got Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, his wife gets murdered. He kills the guy who kills his wife uh, in Russia. So he gets sent to a gulag that is almost entirely stocked with, like, Latino gangbangers. So, like, it's clearly Mexican actors who are playing these Russian prisoners. It's a great movie. He's going to kill himself towards the beginning, but a magical bug that contains the spirit of his wife tells him not to do it. So he decides to get into bare knuckle uh, fighting within the prison. There's also a significant amount of butt rape in it. So it's worth checking out, I think. <laughs> I'll make, you know, we might just do that for the next movies. That kind of, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like that one Stone Cold Steve Austin movie that was a ripoff of Battle Royale. 
and uh, he's in the cell and he's got like he's holding a butterfly in his hand and it sparkles and it's and he like lets it go free and that's what tells you he's a good guy not a bad guy he lets the oh i didn't know this was like a motif of these movies i didn't realize I that was a thing the condemned, that is that, is that what the condemned yeah 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 <laughs> That, that was, oh. I think, when they were WWE. Someone yeah. at WWE watched Battle Royale and was like, yeah, we should do this, but with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the lead. I mean, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not finding the flaw in the logic. I, I guess my <laughs> point with all that was that, like, the actors that they got, uh, you know, Van Damme's in it, and he's supposed to be uh, an American. And because oh, the no. director is from Hong Kong. <laughs> with that accent? Yeah, great. He, he doesn't like, know. He it's like know. me me playing a Southern American, yeah, with that <laughs> weird way it's of like pronouncing like Hans, yeah. Hans is just a dude from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't do accents, so I don't even try to sound from Why don't you have a famous Alabama. Jack Nicholson? All right. Hey, yeah, that's my that's my uh, yep, okay. that was it. That was perfect. That's probably what he yeah. said on his balcony when he was spotted this weekend. With that with that picture old. that you posted where he's like what like 80 he he looks unhinged at 85. No, he looks he looks fine. He looks 85. Like, he looks Yeah. He looks better than when he looked was like when they got him on the Lakers court where he was eating and had like stains all over his <laughs> he had shirt. Beans. Fucking, he just had yeah. beans all over his shirt. <laughs> he, he looked horrible. He looked bloated there. Uh, and here he looks like Jack Nicholson again. So you know what a power move it is to go to the front row of a Lakers game and eat a Tupperware container full of beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Courtside seats, and you just spill it, and you just look around like, who's going to clean this up? <laughs> I, I, the you whore know, sitting next to him, the twenty-two-year-old whore. That's what. The story has changed now. They said, oh, he has dementia. That's why he hasn't been acting. And then Bill O'Reilly was like, no, I just went over his house last week. He's as sharp as ever. We had a conversation for three hours. He asked me so many intelligent questions. Now it's he's a recluse and all his friends are concerned he's going to die alone. So Bill O'Reilly, huh? Bill killing Jack Nicholson coming next. <laughs> yeah, like that old man just enjoy himself in the you know last years. He's he looks like the poster to About Schmidt now. Yeah. That's how he looked. That was twenty years ago. <laughs> just throw up they, that poster like Jack they, twenty years ago and Jack. Would they now. just prefer him to do the Bill Murray thing where he's like, I'm a. I'm an artist now, so now I'm like bohemian and I do all these weird movies. Well, that's how he started. That's where he began, basically. Yeah. It would be it would be insincere if he played that out now. Um, but I don't know. He just like he said he went outside, he didn't do anything, he sat down, he looked up at a helicopter going by, and then went back inside, and now it's like a national news story. So just, just let a how old is he? 80? 85. Just let an eighty-five-year-old man have tits. Like I know that's the that's the issue that everyone has. But just just let him have tits and be eighty-five. Uh, how many eighty-five-year-olds do you see that can't even like get up and look at a helicopter that <laughs> that flies by their ass? <laughs> it's very impressive. Yeah. I think you know what I think. I think it's all warm up because they're gonna bring him back one more time. As the Joker in the Flash, <laughs> yeah. he's he's coming. Uh, or they'll do The Shining too. Oh, Doctor Doctor Sleep too. No, uh, The Shining too. Okay, it'll be a proper sequel this time. 
it'll be yeah, it'll be yeah. a proper adaptation stephen king approved yeah <laughs> none, didn't, none of the talking to the finger shit didn't stephen king just got canceled because he, he said that uh he said something about men like if men got pregnant abortion would it be illegal or something and then it's mm -hmm. like wait hold on a second hold on stephen what do you mean men can't get pregnant and now he's just no. Are you kidding? Wow. See, yeah. this is what's great about being off of Twitter is that I get to just yeah. hear the, the capsule <laughs> off, off of it. That is so funny. And yeah. I love it. One of my favorite things back when I was on Twitter is when a libtard gets out libtarded mm -hmm. by his spice. I love it when they eat their own, you know, yep. it's, yeah. it's just because you can't, you can't, it's not a game that you win, right? Mm -hmm. They're just waiting around to get you for something, for yeah. something. And he was probably sitting there in his fucking, you know, save the Ukraine t-shirt wearing a COVID mask. And he's like, I've got a banger for these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I think he was also just recently advocating for the arrest of President Trump because he's a like a matter of like public safety or something. Mm -hmm. if, if he's mm -hmm. walking free, you know, mm -hmm. but, I, you know, he faces something like this. I don't even think he absorbs it. You know, I think he's just like completely clueless to what they're even talking about uh, and probably just shapes it in his head is up. Oh, the right wingers are after me again. Look at these Republicans coming after me yet mm -hmm. again because I own them um, <laughs> on to the next book. Do you think he you guys are literary guys, of course. Uh, do you think mm -hmm. he's still writing his books or do you think he has a ghostwriter? I'd have to read them. The last one yeah. I read was 11, 22, 63 and it was at that time he was still because that was like 2012 maybe mm -hmm. um he was cranking shit out as he's pretty much always done so people had that they were like is he really writing this shit and i'd say that book yeah yeah he he wrote that it, it's i think for a certain type i'm not this type because i i like it's hard for me to get off a paragraph and stop obsessing over it but for the type who can just keep going just keep writing that shit it's not hard especially if yes, it's, the, just it's the same makes you a ton of money it's the same type of beautiful mind that tweets the way stephen king tweets right that's the mm. kind of person who can just just write whatever and think, yeah oh, okay that's good enough that's gonna go to number one so mm. i don't really care I would say, yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as Kelby. I haven't read a Stephen King book in a very long time. But yeah, he probably does. He probably does. And they're probably great. They're probably awesome. I read all of them. I read every single one he puts out a year. <laughs> and I have been miserable the last couple of years because I've seen like it, it started to impact the writing. So I do believe he actually is writing these. And they, like you can always tell, I think, a little bit when the, the formula is a little off. Um, when it's not like someone doing their own work or, or someone's been meddled yeah. with like Frank Miller, you can tell some right. later Frank Miller stuff is not, not really Frank Miller or not the same Frank Miller. Um, and, uh, with Stephen King around like 2018, I want to say is when he started doing well, it's lesbians in a small town being discriminated against. And, uh, someone <laughs> wrote MAGA country on, on graffiti on the wall. And you have like that slow trickle. And it builds up more and more with every single book. And it's like, yeah, that's Stephen King, unfortunately. Um, that's a lot of horror writing right now, actually. I mean, most of it is like 
terrible that we can't give like an eight-year-old hormones that's like the horror story basically mm-hmm. you, you were misgendered that's a the horror story uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we ah, caught you, you so wearing a dress tonight. and now we're dragging you behind a car <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the thing know, is, is that in the horror community, sorry to interrupt, just I just want to put a point on that is that in the horror community, they they really do live in that world. Like they wake up every day and, and think sucks. The horror in their head sucks. is, is actually out there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 1, actually, they actually think they actually think that's what the yeah. world is. They, they, they think they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be killed when they leave their house. And maybe thing is that scary to you. Maybe that's why horror but none of it's really good there's yeah. nothing good out there yeah so. I, I used to be i used to be in that horror community where you just like let's just watch every horror movie that comes out and then it's just trash <laughs> it's just like is it even worth to watch all of these fucking garbage that comes out uh that uh it just has like a very uh surface level attempt at a message and then there's nothing behind it it's just like why did i even spend 90 minutes watching this shit yeah very fangoria ish type yeah new fangoria really uh put a damper on everything horror as far as i'm concerned (laughs) uh you know you know it's getting some terrible reviews right now is bo is afraid the new ari aster movie how is it what people hate this movie yeah Yeah. oh dude i'm a big Ari fan so this was originally the production title was called disappointment boulevard and uh, there was I, no one really knew what it was about, and they kept it under wraps for a while that it was going to be a new adaptation of Ari Aster's first like release short film, Bo, which had the uh, the black actor from The Strange Thing About the Johnsons playing that Bo mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched. Oh, it. that's the one where there's a freak. Okay, yeah, no, I did watch that. I think I've seen all of his short films. Um, that was a great short film too. That best thing he's done. So far, I think that, uh, that short, <laughs> that twenty-minute short film, where you're just like, oh, Jesus, fuck, every three minutes, <laughs> just like, oh no, wait, it's go, it's going there, oh no, uh, and then it it goes there, and you're like, oh, I guess I just watched uh, what twenty-five minutes of someone raping their dad, raping their yeah. dad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, great, all right, thank, all right, Ari Esther. <laughs> So Bo is Afraid has been getting uh, a lot of flack from like Twitter, film Twitter, letterbox types of people. Uh, They're not seemingly happy with it for some reason or another. I'm not exactly sure. I think they think it's too self-indulgent or something. I don't know. That That sounds great. Isn't that what you would watch an Ari Esther movie for, though? Yeah, I was going to say, I like self-indulgent stuff. I mean, there's nothing... When people complain about self-indulgent, it's nothing self-indulgent anymore. Everything's been workshopped and focus grouped down to, you know, an inch of its life. So when something comes out and they're like, oh, he really, he just kind of did whatever he wanted for two and a half hours. Cool. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. You rarely get that in theaters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like it's running a 73 on the old Rotten Tomatoes. It says, uh... What does this say? It's it is tough to care about a mouse who matters so much less to the filmmaker than the shiny mouse trap where he's imprisoned you both. Dude, the absolute state of film criticism. What does that mean? 
What the fuck? Yeah, thanks for telling me nothing about that. Absolutely like that nothing. Says yeah. Absolutely nothing about why. Hans, you want to pull this up? Shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Let, let's take a look at uh, at least what some of these reviews are saying because I don't. I actually don't really know <laughs> what the big fundamental criticism of this movie is. I wasn't even really gonna see it, but maybe now I will. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious not, how not, he makes that yeah. premise feature length. Well, what is, what is the short? Isn't it just a guy who's afraid to go visit his mom or something because there's a monster yeah. that lives in the hall? Or... Yeah, pretty. Yeah, and then and then there's like there's a monster in the hall. So, I mean, I guess you could drag that on for like an hour and a half or something. But yo, this movie's three hours. What the fuck? What the fuck? Every movie's three hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Nathan Lane. Hell yeah, let's go. No, oh, there's Speaking that one from Manola Dargis that I was talking about right there. Okay. Yeah, all right. So I guess if most of his movies have premiered at like 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, 70 is like is considered dodgy for Ari Aster. Um, well, everything gets 100 these days. So uh... Yeah, 70 is fine. I'm more interested in watching a 73 percent movie yeah night you know what the sweet spot is is 43 <laughs> percent then that's a good movie now we're cooking with gas yeah that's where it's at uh did i see so correct who, that there's a little did they whitewash movie this movie did they what i said did they whitewash this movie they did whitewash this movie that should be four black bows yep <laughs> <laughs> That should be like Keith Stanfield playing Bo. That's what I want to see, my man. <laughs> he wouldn't be called Bo, though. That's not a very... That's not a... Yeah, he'd be called like B-Dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> B-Dog is not afraid. It's like a very two... <laughs> 2007 movie. It, 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 it be, it, it, it's, you're just pronouncing it wrong. It's Bo. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Yeah. Um... What if Taxi Driver was remade as a Kafka-esque dark comedy? Is that the vibe of the Bo... That's not the vibe of the Bo... I mean, the vibe of this trailer is nothing like the Bo short clips that I've seen. It looks like the never-ending story or some movie like that. Oh, that's nuts. I think this is going to be good. That's my guess. I'm thinking this is going to be good. I just think it's funny that Ari Aster is like, has cast like black people in most of his short films and starring roles and every time he gets a major studio you know <laughs> every time he gets a big film it's like we're gonna put a bunch of crackers in here yeah, <laughs> let me just, just get a bunch of ugly white women instead of yeah. <laughs> black people in it. Yeah. he just he gets to the top of that ladder and turns around he's like i'm, I'm sorry you know like <laughs> fucking was, santa, was... santa santa claus in the christmas story style with just the boot on the head oh, just slowly yeah. Put... <laughs> yeah. thanks for your help but yeah never again yeah that that was just because I had that's no all money. i could afford <laughs> <laughs> well hans i i think i saw that they have a little richard movie that's that's out as well on rotten tomatoes is this right are we seeing correct little richard the origin of little richard i think is pretty fascinating because he's commonly mistaken everyone here would probably say little richard that's a gay man 
Little Richard's not a gay. He hates gay people. As a matter of fact, absolutely. Oh, wow. He's so he's straight. Red. He's so he's straight. Red blooded he, African American. <laughs> that's right. Uh, he's so straight. He got arrested in the 1950s for uh, watching a straight couple fuck in front of him in a car, and it was his <laughs> girlfriend getting fucked. That's Dude. how straight he is. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I didn't know that was the origin story. <laughs> I think that's what this movie's about. That's why there's a big pair of lips there. Oh, that's what is that's what it looked like while he was watching it happen. Was... That's a straight man. Yeah, that's him seeing the police uh, come around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tutti um... Fruity is about a giant penis going into a vagina. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> that's where he, he first learned the little scream. <laughs> 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 all right are they calling him queer here that's not nice he went on like jimmy fallon or something and was like yes i might have been gay for a while but i am no longer and i really regret it didn't he die oh. in like 1989 or something yeah, no he was, he was on like full house he, they would bring him oh. into all the family shows on oh. tgif wow oh. Complicated black queer icon who deserved more in his life and deserves more in his death. How much more do you deserve? Wasn't he rich? Yeah, he was filthy rich. As fuck. Fuckload of money. Like, how much do you? What? What's? What are the standards that these people are talking about yeah. this shit by? He even, you know what he I mean? Sh- he even shows up in that uh, Elvis movie. Yes, a... like he's a mm-hmm. legend. You know, like how much? Yeah. Like, like, everybody can't be at the top spot of the of the legend tree. Well. Let's look at Drew Gregory to see. Uh... He looks reputable. Yeah, yeah. He looks. He looks, he looks he straight, looks... like 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 little Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks he like look... he would be. Uh, he would be interviewed in the Tonight Show and be like, "Well, there's no no women that are. Uh, how how about them girls, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. like that we do with Liberace, the Eternal this. Bachelor, Liberace. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously." See. Obviously, he liked, gay. <laughs> he liked uh, almost everything. He liked Magic Mike. He liked Hellraiser. He liked. He didn't, he didn't like never. The, the latest Magic Mike, though. There's not enough penis in it. So <laughs> sexless. I didn't even know there was a 2023 Magic Mike movie. How? Like, that franchise is still going. I think I've only seen the first one. <laughs> didn't even know there was like a. Yeah. Last you saw the first one? Would you go by yourself? <laughs> no, I, no, I watched it at home on my cell phone when my girlfriend wasn't watching. <laughs> he pressed the queer icon. <laughs> I just like uh, that an early 2000s slur is like an award for people these days. The queer icon. It's like, could you imagine calling somebody the retard icon? <laughs> we're, hey, we're very close. I saw Matt Walsh posted something. It was like, what's your sexual orientation? And one of them was faggot. You could mm. check off faggot as your orientation. So yeah, we're, we're, we're very close to that. Are we close? I'm though? for it, dude. I want the are words we... to all come back so I can pretend yeah. like I'm saying them in, in the nice way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, are we close to allowing that word to come back? Because I used to love that word <laughs> back in the early 2000s. That was one of my it's favorites. It's a great word. It's a great yeah. word. And as somebody who's not a, not a non-English speaker, you re- you still recognize the beauty of that word. Oh, yeah. Well, I would use that as an excuse of like, oh, I just don't understand the context behind it. 
I always saw it being used as a term of endearment. I thought, you know, (laughs) friends were calling each other. Yeah, exactly. That's how you empower people. Yeah, so you show love by calling your friends faggots. You know the one I think we should bring back for white people. It's already been. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I already said it one on the last one. Demonetized y'all. Y'all just thought y'all were getting that YouTube money. Well, uh, that reminds me of Nabiko Obayashi, you know, a fearless man, a man who never let the standards of society be imposed upon he or his art. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Drifting Classroom is good. What is the better film? Is it Drifting Classroom or is it House? Hmm. Personally, I, I like the Drifting Classroom better. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Why? Well, for me, house drags a lot in the middle. Um, it's not very, to me, it's not super entertaining to watch uh, like seven girls giggle and kind of run around a, a spooky haunted house. House gets really good in the back uh, third of the movie when shit starts getting really weird with the piano and the 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 watermelon head and all that kind of stuff. Like it gets it gets really good. Drifting classroom uh and this might be a kind of incorrect way to watch movies but it never it never bored me mm-hmm. it was never slow for me and i really like uh ton- <clears throat> excuse me tonal shifts i like when there's crazy tonal shifts in movies so i like that the movie goes from a crab monster who's uh you know trying to eat people to this very beautiful piano song that makes the thing go away I loved that the crab thing eventually start. Oh, it's her, right? Does she get turned yeah. into a crab? Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. And she's trying to play the piano. I liked, um, so House had much more of the kind of special effects, I think, that he's that Obi's known for. But uh, this one, to me, just played like, what if an insane person made, you know, an, a, an American 1980s Goonies-style movie? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it felt like to me. I was like, I feel like this is just a Japanese person trying to do either Goonies or like a Goosebumps episode mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where uh, maybe the acting or the line delivery isn't great, but it's goofy enough where you're just like, yeah, I can, you know, I could just enjoy sit this and turn off my brain and enjoy this. I mean, that's entirely possible. Notoriously, House was supposed to be him taking a stab at I mean, not really taking a stab at, but like Jaws. Toho had approached him and said, hey, we want our version of Jaws. Mm-hmm. Can you do Jaws for us? You did, so like many, <laughs> <laughs> he did, yeah. he did so many commercials in the 80s that, you know, the, the style was clearly on display. You can see some of them on YouTube. There's actually a really cool Charles Bronson one for like, what was it? For like Man Witch or something. It was, it was something like that. Oh, it was a very masculine yeah. brand. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, yeah. he got the deal to do House... And they were in a panic and they were like, what the fuck did you do? You just burnt all this money. No one's going to, what is this? And then it was a big box office hit. Did you let you know? your daughter write the scripts and come up with the ideas on what's going to happen? She's eight or 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's genius. Yeah. That's a genius idea. I mean, that's, that's just really cool. But I like, I, I don't know. I feel like um, with the drifting classroom, I'm not one of those people who thinks I'm not like a big fan of the room. You know, I don't like bad movies just for, for the sake of them being bad. I don't have yeah. that much of, of the contrarian in me, but I do like, um, 
I do like artifice when it's approached with sincerity. And that's what I think happens in the drifting classroom. I, there's never like, to me, there's never a wink. It's all very, it's, it's sincere almost to a cringy point, such as when you have our hero, you know, molesting his mother at the beginning of the movie. Uh, I don't know. It just, it, there were times in house where I was like, Oh my God, how much more of the, maybe it's just the sound of giggling schoolgirls. I, I, I hate it. Like I can't, I can't deal with it, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I like, yeah, we want to hear women scream, not girls. laughter. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> uh, what about you, Calby? Do you have a preference between these two movies? I, uh, I think I prefer House, but that back third is so strong that like that's what's coming to mind really is that is that last part of House more than the movie as a whole. Drifting Classroom is thoroughly uh um just a, a mind fuck like constantly something to go what like for better or worse to go like uh the english the english in this movie yes. <laughs> but, or... yeah he he pronounced himself he was going to be the reader after he beat that yeah. kid up <laughs> i thought that was, that was really just... funny. That was my I'm favorite the part of it <laughs> my favorite part of it is that like all right so you're doing uh uh making every every american or i don't know if the, if he did uh uh, record your dialogue twice because it seems very unnatural but then this little boy just rling everything and i was like i can't even you know he's he's doing you ever the, just want to go to a you ever just want to go to an asian person and be like hey it's not hard <laughs> er <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> like, why, they, yeah. why are they running through the hood screaming about nickels <laughs> no dude i doesn't i think uh this just can't because i remember reading this last night uh prepping for this and i think it just now now hit like part of that that sincerity and that childlikeness did you guys know that in obayashi's childhood like he lived in hiroshima city and was like there when the bomb went off and literally all of his friends died so i wonder if there's like an arrested development thing there where like everybody got exploded uh, that's very interesting well there yeah. is that line when when the sinking happens right where the i don't know i think it was a teacher who just goes crazy and tries to disappear through the fog and then he goes uh uh, fuck, I, I wrote down the line specifically for this, for this reason because he says something like, uh, 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 fuck, where it is? Oh, uh, it's a nuclear bomb and they finally pushed the button. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And I had to look into, okay, when did this movie come out? When the Hiroshima thing happened? Because it felt kind of weird that he would say that with the, you know, the history of what's happened in Japan. He's obsessed uh, with it. It's in all of sense. his movies in some capacity. Um, or like something that mirrors the bombing. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a recurring trend for sure. Uh, I do think the arrested development theory you just uh, threw out there is very interesting. Could potentially uh, glean uh, into maybe what his his psyche is when when approaching many of these different subjects because he does like his niche, especially in the eighties, is this sort of like uh, 
You guys remember the show Ghost Rider yeah, on PBS? Yeah, that show, yeah. show was that's kind of that that and Wishbone. It was back to back. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this movie kind of reminds me of is Ghost Rider a bit, even though it's like crazy. It's like it's no, a similar kind of vibe. I literally thought that the beginning of the movie, I was like, this is like some Ghost Rider shit. Just like the colors of the clothes that they're wearing and like yeah. the quality of the camera that they're using and mm-hmm. the Saved by the Bell black kid hair. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like a it's like a math textbook cover, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a multicultural like. black bad acting. It's what, what that was. <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. it's a, also um, I now I had to write this down. Was there a Japanese black person in this movie? Because at some point, some non-black person with curly hair comes up and starts yelling at them, and I was like, yeah. wait a second. I was like, I've never seen a Japanese person with curly hair before, but he's not dark. So I was like, what what the fuck is they, happening here? They do exist because of the, you know, the American GI presence in Japan since World War II is huge. That's our main theater in the Pacific. That's why we have, like, there are something like 40 bases in Japan. Mm-hmm. So there's actually, I, I'd have to assume there's a pretty substantial number of uh, early half Japanese. black, yeah, half black Japanese in uh, Blues Harp, the Takashi Miike film, that the main character in that is half black. And but he's wearing of, shoe polish. He wears shoe polish in the movie. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> well, I guess that's what that guy needed here for him for me to not be like, wait a second, that doesn't. <laughs> no, you should have been. I like that like throws... too. Yeah, I like that what throws Hans in movies is racial ambiguity. He's like, wait a second, <laughs> <laughs> you kind of look like me. <laughs> wait, I could have gotten this role. What the fuck? Yeah, he goes to he goes to the chart at the back of his room, and he's like, uh, he's got like a like he's at Lowe's picking out a paint. He's like, uh, uh, big big sweat bead on his forehead. Like, what is it? <laughs> Little eyes, curly hair. Hold on a second. Too dark for this. Yeah. Yeah, that really <laughs> caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that because the the cast is very diverse. Like there's, it's like a like an '80s sitcom, you know. Where, well, maybe not eight '90s sitcom where where you try to, uh, especially when you do like a high school setting, you know, you try to cover everyone. Uh, but uh, when he popped up, I was like, okay, I haven't seen you before. And then he's just a Japanese man with curly hair, and I'm supposed to just be like, yeah, that's that's fine, that's normal, that's whatever. It's like I don't. It's a fucking. Uh, is nobody else Ra- seeing this? Yeah, it's like is that Ryan Elichi over here, right? He gets. He's the one that gets caught on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh, also. Really? Yeah, there are a number of dark demises in this movie. Um, you know what I also really liked is the early. I, I guess it's not really green screen, but blue screen technology where they'll just like quick zoom in on somebody and the background will stay the exact same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that happens more than once, I believe, with the uh, older American actor. I, I got to find his name um, where you do these like very jittery zoom shots. But some of it looks not when they're in the sand planet. It all looks kind of rough when they're using green screen there. But mm-hmm. in the car, I noticed they were using like what looked like early green screen and not mm-hmm. rear projection, which they typically used in the 1980s. And it looked pretty clean. It looked pretty solid. Um, yeah. And I think Obiashi is like one of the earliest guys to employ that technology, especially with House, obviously, uh, where you see, you know, like fragments of the blue screen when the girls getting eaten by the piano and all these different um you know, murders that occur in that film. He leaned into it a lot with the, uh, 
because you could see the blue, the way the blue kind of tears across the screen when like at the edges of stuff, like it got like it was badly photoshopped or whatever, you know, uh, he kind of leans into it and throws in other colors where it's like, oh, we're going to make the whole scene look like radiation yellow. And so it kind of like covers that up and makes it even crazier. But the production, the production design was incredible. The sand area, the, uh, I loved when things started getting smaller. Mm -hmm. Whenever he was, they were like digging shit out of the sand and finding statues and buildings, but they were like tiny as fuck. I was like, this looks really cool. I, That's yeah, probably like the, that... oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And I like that, um, <clears throat> I like that the time slip in this movie is just treated like a natural disaster. They keep going back to the earth, which obviously Japan has tons of earthquakes and tsunamis, you know, where it's positioned in the Pacific is incredibly, like the bad, the weather's really bad there. Like one of the reasons why Japan never really got conquered by China or Korea or whoever was because the it's between them is way too choppy for armies to make it across. Right. So it's been, that's how it managed to stay so hermetically sealed but like the downside of that is that there's constant natural disasters that happen in there and the one guy who's just like yeah it was a time slip and then they're like are they ever going to come back and he goes nah no they're gone yeah it was just it's a big <laughs> hole in the ground now and that's it and people go oh well all right which i have to imagine is like if you live with earth earthquakes like they do and tsunamis like they do it just kind of happens and you're like well oh well Oh yeah, it's very disconnected from from uh, feeling anything. It's just like, well, this just happens here, so deal with it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Hans, I just sent you the review from one of the actors in the movie. Uh, I found this on uh, the official IMDb when you were allowed to have an, uh, a presence on that website, and he only gave it a six out of ten. The guy who was in the movie—that's pretty hardcore. That's pretty cold. Phoenix Eight. <laughs> Phoenix 8. I was in this movie, March 17th, 1999. So he was probably like 25 years old, 30 years old at the time of writing this review. Um, the filming of it was fun and a great learning experience for me. I'm not going to read this whole review, but you can check it out on the IMDb. Uh, and I looked up the actor's name. Finally, it's Troy Donahue. Can we take a look at Troy Donahue, Hans, uh, and see what he's most known for? Because it's certainly... Is not this film. This film, uh, I don't even think it's released on Blu-ray in Japan. There's some sort of uh, rights issue that's going on with it. So it's kind of difficult to track down. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. They could just rip it off of YouTube. Yes, and they should. That's absolutely what they should do. Hey, it was nominated for an Academy Award at the Japan Academy Awards, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the special the special olympics yeah <laughs> well maybe go back to the 50s or so hans because dr alien and vegas with a uh dollar sign is not what i'm thinking well he was on uh 46 episodes of Surfside six which is something i've never heard of before Mm. Van Williams and uh, he's right here. Um, 46 episodes in two years? Jesus. Fuck. 
So that's seasons really were like about 30, 35 episodes back in. Yeah, we the... used to, we used to be a country. <laughs> oh, he was on that's Maverick. what destroyed Lost. Wow. All right. Maybe he doesn't have that impressive of a resume here. He's nope. just a Western actor. He yeah. worked, man. He worked his whole life. Look at all that work. I yeah. thought he looked familiar, but I also thought he was the dad from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, was, I'm not really anything. seeing anything. Chips Love for boat. one episode. Love boat. That's what it was. It was the episode of Chips. Cockfighter? back to me now. I've seen Cockfighter. Uh, uh, Merle Johnson, <laughs> Godfather 2. You know, classic Godfather character, Merle Johnson. Merle yeah. Johnson. <laughs> Everybody's favorite Godfather 2 character. <laughs> okay. Is he um, dead? He must yeah, he's dead. probably dead. He's got to be super dead. He probably died in like 2008. Well, he died the last time the he worked. Yeah, this that's is true. a 1999 right. thing. Yeah, he was probably old as balls in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, that doesn't look like him. No. <laughs> Isn't that the guy who became Korean a couple of years ago? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hans, did you just pull up a poem yes. you wrote? No, that was my notes. That was my notes <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> uh, he was on Legion. That's that's cool. That's a TV movie, not whatever whatever else I thought I was thinking of when I thought of Legion. Wasn't that yeah. a movie? No. Oh, can we read your can we read your poem? Whoa, the, hold on. Corey Feldman's <laughs> Corey. in this movie. Damn. Okay. 90s Corey Feldman. Well, that's gotta be a banger. Uh, Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield? Ooh, I might have to watch this. And Troy Donahue. That's quite the lineup. That cannot be missed. <laughs> Yeah, so he had like a pretty sad actually end of his career, I guess. Terry Farrell here, Farrell, excuse me, was on Becker, the Ted Danson sitcom. So there you go. There's a whole quartet of stars in this movie. Yeah, those people make money. Do they live pretty good lives, or is it oh, just yeah. like like really th- like better than like well, what, we're, th- what we're up to? Yeah, I I think if you're on one of these sitcoms or shows that's like even on for if you meet the hundred episode or I don't know if they actually do it this way now, but syndication was always a hundred episodes and then you get replayed on the other networks. If you got to that point, you could probably pretty much live off of just that off whatever random sitcom getting played on TBS at four in the morning. It probably Hmm. depends on what your drug of choice is, right? (laughs) When it comes to that point where you're at. You know, you're 60, unmarried. All you've known is just playing like a, a whatever B character in a series that goes nowhere and lasts the season. And, uh, you know, if, if what you do is not that expensive, then you can probably... Well, Charlie Sheen was making, what was it? Like a million five an episode of Two yeah. and a Half Men. And I have a feeling he didn't save his money if he was doing World Trade Center with Whoopi Goldberg and Tom Sizemore not long after that. So. What about like the, what about the people from like Silk Stockings or Burn Notice or something like that? Are they doing good? Like those USA shows? You guys remember I, Silk Stockings, right? I don't remember. That one I actually no. did not know. I, um, I used to stay up. I used to stay up late <laughs> to watch that one because it was like the the softcore USA show where you might see like a bra or something. And I would like, wait up, wait no, to see I, it. I remember <laughs> I was going to pull up like a screen cap or a poster one. of silk stockings. Cause I've never heard of this show. 
American drama series. There's but my guess would be if you're working on like USA, right? Maybe if one of those shows makes it to like 20 seasons, you're doing well uh, for the rest of your life. But for like a six season, seven season show for like Burn Notice, those people are going to have to get back to work immediately. Yeah, because the Burn Notice guy was in Sicario, so he still has to work. Yep, that's it. That's the show. Classic. Fred Malamed. Okay. Uh, the Drive Font, Mistral. Okay. <laughs> Shared Universe. One Primetime what... Emmy, so it's reputable. You know. Rob <laughs> Estes, or Estes. I don't know how you even pronounce his name. He's up to today. Um, um... Well, it said there he did an episode of Melrose Place. So, well, 96 episodes of that. Oh, he was a regular. Yeah, yeah. he looks kind of familiar. He looks very 90s. He looks very 90210. Yeah, he looks like Lorenzo Lamas. Uh, he was on a CSI. What is this? CSI uh, Cyber. Cyber. Yeah. yeah, the Cyber Crime. That, for whatever reason, what's her name? Ar- Ro- not Roseanne Arquette. Who's the Arquette who won? Who's a libtard and crazy? Patricia. Patricia Arquette, when she won Best Actress for Boyhood, she immediately said, you know what I'm going to do now? CSI Cyber. (laughs) (laughs) Which lasted, what, 15 episodes? It's the only one nobody fucking watched. They had like Bow Wow in the cast. No one watched uh, CSI Cyber. Well, it makes sense that they cast him because Bow Wow got raped. So he has like that that background to the acting. That's right. I mean, look at that. Look at that. That's a, that's a that's a kid who got cornered in a room by his bodyguard and then he got on CSI Cyber. Where was Master P? You know, that's what I always wonder. Watching like little Richard. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's very Obiashi, very drifting classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all right, I'm hungry here. It's nine o'clock and I need my dinner. So uh, I think that's going to be a hungry a man. I, I'm going to go cook up a hungry man in the microwave. Eat go do your uh, Charles Bronson stare. Yeah. Watch some burn notice episodes. No, that's you. All right, fellas. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show and talking about Drifting Classroom tonight. I hope we can get people to check this out on YouTube because it definitely deserves more eyes. It deserves more of a conversation around it. That's for certain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you, uh, please plug your, your, your Patreon, your, your podcast, Agitators. Very good show. Patreon.com slash Agitator. For more weave hustle uh, noise, we we are notorious for being the most noisy podcast in the world. Is making more money than anybody uh, accusing or uh, uh, bitching about us being so fucking noisy. So we will never change. Uh, yeah, sign up for five dollars a month to hear a lot of a lot of shit. Whatever you hear for free times two plus read whatever we're doing. It's it's a very good show. I I'm uh, I was happy to come on for the Thanksgiving special. I think it was a Thanksgiving special. It we was about Meatball Machine. Meatball Machine, which the director of that follows me or on Instagram now. Ooh, so that's that was tight. Nice, yeah, that was that was cute. That was the same weekend you started following. Let's me, so. go. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys again for coming on. 
And that has been Movies for this week. Thank you for listening.